before we get into it, before we start, Kirstie and I wanted to figure out, okay, why did you choose this class? So maybe we can get some responses to, to that question. Why did you come here today? What are you looking to gain? What are you seeking to find out? Um, yeah, just respond at will. Um, Yeah. What what has changed in your life since becoming a disciple? Okay. Okay, cool. I think it's really easy to identify yourself with what other people identify you as okay. instead of actually finding like who you are in God and like who you seek to be with God. Okay, who you seek to be with God. I've always asked the question of why like God created me the way he did and like trying to find like myself and not what people make me out to be because of what I've been through or what I am currently going through. Okay. She said, well, I've always been trying to find out what God created me to be. That's crazy. And Sydney? Um, getting ready to graduate makes me ask a lot of questions. Like, is my work based in, like, my job or, like, what I'm passionate about or what I do? Um, and so I yeah. think just transition brings up a lot of stuff in my heart of, like, oh, who am I? And then I don't really know how to find out. Yeah. So. Okay, Awesome. Well, we hope to really answer that question today. And what we hope that you walk away with is that you know that it's good for you to be you. And for you to trust in God and decide to believe in who he created you to be. I'll say this again. We want you to walk away feeling that it's good for you to be you and to trust in God. And decide to believe in who you created, who he created you to be. So if you turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel 17, that's, that's where we're going to be for most of the time. This is a story about David defeating Goliath. Many of you know this story. It's very familiar. But if you don't, I want to give you guys a, a, a little background. David was a, a shepherd boy. Uh, He was the youngest of eight sons. He had three older brothers who were all at war. They were awesome warriors. And David would go back and forth to the battlefield at this time and bring them uh, food and support. And then he would go back to to being a shepherd, looking after the flocks and things of that nature. But what we want to look at today, if you uh, just look with me in verse 45. Oh, my Bible's over here. We're going to be looking at, okay, how did David go from his background and his past from being the shepherd boy to being this almighty warrior defeating Goliath, this huge, huge giant? And the reason why we're going to be looking at that is because we believe it gives us some insight on how to really accept who God has made us to be. In verse 45, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. 
And I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. And he struck down the Philistine and killed him. We're going to be talking about three different ways, looking at, at this text, three different ways we, in our own lives, can lose our true identity. That we can get wrapped up in a house of cards. That's the title of the, the lesson. And what, it, what that basically describes is something that doesn't hold up, that doesn't stand. It's fake, it's false, and it's just a mirage. But three different ways. We got three C's. We're going to be talking about comparison. Copying and conceding. But the first one, in comparison, I want you guys to think about, if you were in David's shoes, or I'll just share, if I was in David's shoes, if I was a shepherd boy, and I had three older brothers who were all warriors, I would think to myself, why am I a shepherd boy and my brother's warriors? And I would get so bitter about the role that I had been given that it would, it would stifle me. Never would I end up attacking this Philistine, especially a giant, especially someone who towered over me, especially someone who made everyone else afraid. Because if you read in 1 Samuel 17, all the Israelites uh, would look at this giant. He would come. Day in and day out. He had been doing this for 40 days. He would come out and he would say, whoever you sin against me, I will fight. And if they defeat me, then we'll become your subjects. But if I defeat them, you guys must become the subjects of the Philistines. And it said that the men would run away in terror every day that he took his stand. And so David one day, taking food to his brothers saw this man making his stand and David responded with a superior confidence that he would win and that he would beat him. But I think it was because or uh, large in part due to uh, a lack of a need to measure himself up to anybody else. Yeah. And I, I just don't think I have that naturally. In my life, I remember just this past summer, I went to a, a conference uh, in, a, in our movement, in our fellowship of churches. We had this um, thing for the campus leaders or students who aspire to be ministers one day, join the ministry or, you know, be greater Bible talk leaders, things of that, that sort. And I was there because obviously one day I love to be an awesome evangelist. I love to lead a church one day. I love to do amazing things for God in the ministry. So that's, that's why I went and I was excited too. 
because I was going to see a bunch of other people there. I thought I was going to learn a lot. But upon getting there, I, I just had this deep, deep insecurity that came over me. Like I was emotionally wrecked for about three to four days. I remember just being in the assembly of all the people and just feeling so left out. And why was that? It's because I got caught up in who was on stage? Who was speaking the loudest? Who had the, the most acclaim? Who, who had the most praise? And even in the times where they had uh, free time and uh, all, all the ministers would get together and see each other, you know, Kersey was probably, probably caught wind of this, you know what I mean? Like when you guys had the free time, it was like, okay, now it's time to get lunch with who I haven't seen in a while. You know, now it's time to uh, go ahead and be encouraged by somebody who maybe lives across the country or something or who, who we just haven't talked in a while. But I was thinking to myself, okay, why hasn't anyone asked me to lunch? You know, ideally, ideally, the way that the conference would have went for me, ideally, is if I would have went there and had everybody kind of just come up to me. Hey, JJ, how's it going in Chattanooga? I know you just recently moved there. How is it being a campus minister, bro? You know, anything I can do for you, you need anything? Let me get you a turkey leg. I, I can bring you a drink, bro. Let's, let's go out to lunch. You know, how are you doing? What, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Man, that's a nice smile you got, bro. Look at that mustache. I just love you, bro. Come, come, let me get your number, bro. I haven't, I haven't met you, but I want to get to know you. Let me ask you a question. What, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I just wanted some attention, right? Just as much attention as everybody else was getting. And so I started to, to measure up, and that, that really did something to me. Because when I start to compare, I see this difference that, that just wrecks me. And, and Chris Kersey is going to... I'll share a little bit about this point, um, just comparing and stuff like that. Um, I don't want to move around the time, so I'm going to sit here. I think this story is really cool. I think uh, when I was reading, I was like, wow, there's a lot in here. Um, I think what's cool is that, so in verse uh, 12 through 15, I'm just going to scan it real quick. It says, uh, David was the son of an Ephraim named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem. Uh, Jesse had eight sons. You know, uh, verse 13, Jesse's three son, oldest sons had followed Paul to the war. The firstborn was blah, blah, blah. Verse 14, David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth between. So it's kind of just like, okay, there's all these other sons. And then there's David. And then there's these guys who were doing this. And then David's the last. You know, it's like, he's yeah. the youngest. And so I think that, like, everything was up against him. But, like, God chose David. Yeah. And it makes me think about um, when Jesus calls his first disciples and they're fishermen. Like, they're lowly, unschooled, yeah. ordinary men. Like, that's the people that God wants to use. Yeah. Not the people that have all these powers and have been to war and they're trained and they can do... You guys have the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah. we can go out and do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think with comparison, like, it would have been so easy here because we'll read a little bit where David does go out to the front line. And he's like, what is going on here? And he's like, I'm going to do this. But it would have been so easy for David to be like, I'm not a warrior. I can't go out there and, yeah. like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? But yeah. he didn't. He was like, no, I, are you kidding me? This man is up against my God. Like, I'm going to go out and do it. He just didn't like comparison stand in the way. He probably felt mm -hmm. inadequate. Um, and so my question is, how, how often do you find yourself looking at the person next to you thinking that you're not good enough yeah. in your ministry? Um, you think there's no way you can do what they do. Yeah. Wishing that you were more like them and less like yourself. Saying to yourself, I can't do that. Someone else needs to do that. Someone else would do it better. I find myself doing that all the time. Um, we need to follow David's example. His confidence came from who he was, not what he could do. 
It was not about his ability. Yeah. At all. Because these guys were trained to be warriors. David was a shepherd boy. He had never been to war. He had never been on the front line. But it didn't matter because he knew who he was and he knew who God was. And that's yeah. what was most important. Yeah. Um, uh, I think step one is being confident in God and who he is. And step two is being confident in the abilities that he gave us. Yeah. But I think it gets reversed a lot. I think a lot of times we're like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Okay, and God. But it's like, no, 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 no. Like, who God is and who God made you to be comes before what you think your abilities are. Yeah. Um, I'm going to share examples, and this might just be for girls. Um, but I think that we can always be like, um, you know, you're, you're always looking at other girls like, okay, I should be more like this. Or I want people to respect me the way that they respect so-and-so. Or I yeah. want... I want people to look at me like, oh, look at her. I, I don't know. I, I think as girls, it is really intense the way that we compare ourselves to other women. And uh, I think we just have to be careful. David had a really great example here. Like, the minute that that kind of a thing comes out of our mouth, like, well, I just, someone else should just do it. Like, I can't. Like, that's not okay. Like, you are a daughter of God. You have the Holy Spirit. Believe that you can do it. And guess what? You might not be perfect at it. I'm just, We'll continue reading, but David wasn't like, here, give me this sword and give me this. He's yeah. like, uh, this is what I feel comfortable with. This is what I have. This is what I'm going to do. So use what you have. Use what God's given you. Yep. Don't wish you were somebody else. It's not going to work. You're, yeah. We're going to continue reading it, but it's not going to work. Um, so how are you cutting yourself short? Take time to really dig into this and see how comparison is stealing your joy and stealing your God-given abilities. Yeah. Yep. And. Kirstie kind of kind of got into it a little bit, but the, the next thing we're going to talk about is copying. We have about 30 minutes left here, so we're going to try to get through all the points. But if you look at verse 38. You know, Kirstie mentioned about the, the abilities God has given you. Look at David here. It says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. Right. Saul gave David his tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And he says, I cannot go in these because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Guys, I want to tell you something. It is okay to be you. You don't have to copy someone else. And that can, that can be like something that we, we already know, but I think in our lives, it's like, okay, if I don't do it exactly like this person, if I don't model exactly what they do, then I, I won't be successful. And what I want to tell you is that when it becomes about that, it's really idolatry because the only person that we should be copying is Jesus Christ yeah. um, so if you see those if you, if you see characteristics of Jesus Christ in somebody yes feel free to imitate those but just trying to become a clone copy of someone else that is God is looking at that and he is so sad over that he says, uh, in, in Psalm 139, hey, I, I knit you together in your mother's womb. Like he, was, he was there, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made, the scripture says. Meaning, 
you are a wonder. And the moment you try to become someone else, it takes all that wonder away. You're not you anymore. You're just them. And God, God doesn't like that. But what I like about David here is he says, I'm not comfortable in this. But that, that doesn't hold him back. He's like, I, I, I might put down this tunic. I might put down this sword. But hey, here, I'll pick up these stones. And I'm still going to go get the job done. And Kirsty's going to share a little bit about copying people. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I would have like never spoken up. <laughs> like I would have been like, let me look like a warrior, be a warrior. You know what I mean? Like I, I think I would have been more insecure speaking up than I would have been out there trying to actually wear this stuff and try to do this whole thing. You know, like I, I would have felt like a phony sure on the inside, but at least I would have looked like I fit in. Like at least I would have looked like I knew what I was doing. Cause even when he takes off his armor, I can't imagine him walking out there and people were like, he has nothing. Like, yeah. what is he about to do right now, you know? But he was like, this is me. Like, this is what I know. This is what I can do. And this is what I'm going to be. Um, and, uh, I don't know. Let me see. I said a lot of things. Um, yeah, I know I would have wanted to fit in, but David clearly did not care about fitting in or what he should look like while he was fighting. Uh, I think, again, as women, this is something that we totally can find ourselves doing, is copying other women. Um, Looking at the way, um, I think I already gave all the examples earlier, but um, I, I do want to share a personal story. So I don't know how many of you guys know Courtney Burger, but she was the um, women's ministry. Is it okay that I'm sitting? Yeah. She was the women's ministry leader at North River for Kennesaw before I kind of stepped in. And if you know anything about Courtney, I don't actually know if anybody in here really would know a ton, but she was like a superwoman. She can run at a speed that is just insane and she can handle 12 plates at 12 different times or all at the same time but like she just could do so much and for a long time I was like do I want to do ministry do I not want to do ministry I really don't know and there's this one moment where it hit me that I don't have to be Courtney mm -hmm. and the minute I realized that I don't have to be Courtney was the minute I felt like I can do ministry mm -hmm. because I was sitting there and she was who I thought I had to be and I was like I I'm not not emotional which is not necessarily a bad thing but I fall apart yeah. everything I can't come to a D group if I just had something happen and pretend that everything's fine like I'm gonna tell my entire dude and so I think I just was like I can't do that I can't be her I can't and, and the minute that I realized that I I didn't have to do that and the minute I realized I could be me I was like oh I want to do this, you know, but I think that it is really easy even for you guys to look at the leaders in your ministry or look at, it doesn't have to be spiritual, but look at the people in your class that are doing better than you and like, I'm not saying don't learn and try and make yourself better, but like just, I think when it comes down to a heart level, like we just have to be really careful because you can't be somebody else. I think like he was saying, like your DNA is your DNA. Like yeah. don't, don't tell God what's good and what's not good and try to become somebody different than what he wants you to be. Like use the gifts and talents that he gave you. If it's, yeah. if it's music, if it's art, if it's photography, if it's, you're really smart, if it's whatever it is, like use it, you know? Um, I think, uh, if I use this example later or not. But I, I think something, yeah, I'll save it for later. Um, what else do I say? Um, so what are your qualities that you love about yourself? That's my question for you guys. Um, qualities that you think God gave you. Um, you have to be confident and not be insecure, keeping you from slaying your giants. And you can't let fear keep you from trying. So, yeah. 
Um, I'll, and I'll, I'll share a, a bit of how I can copy people and maybe uh, some of the men can, can relate to this. Um, but it's, it's kind of like less on, on the spiritual side and more just like in a worldly sense. I'd want to copy other men who I, I felt were domineering or I felt had authority, felt had power, or I felt they had good ways with women or that they were smooth talkers or they knew how to do their job or craft. And so I, I spend time researching and reading about these different schools of thought yeah. and just figuring out, okay, how can I be more, most successful in getting what I want in this life? And it was really about manipulation and using what other people had uh, instead of really going to God and allowing him to shape me and mold me. Kind of like you were talking about, Jared, like, hey, what's the difference when I, when I became a disciple? Is it God changing me or is it... Am I still leaning on just being clones of the people that uh, I knew about in the world? Um, so, yeah, I would just say if, if that if that's you, if you have worldly motives and in, in emulating something in someone, I'd say really, really check that out and, and pray to God about that. But um, the next way we can lose our our identity is conceding, um, which is a, basically another way of saying giving up. And it's really a, this, this idea of giving up when you serve a God who can do the impossible. But uh, in, in 1 Samuel 17, if you just look in verse 24, it, it says of the Philistine, of Goliath, whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. And for us, we can just let our fear rule us. But I think there is a, a deeper issue behind this one. And it, the copying and the comparison kind of tie into it. But I think if you look at my story and, and Curse's story and probably some of your own, well, what there is behind it is a lack of humility. Um, that in you, you have a pride that maybe has gone undetected. Yeah. And Jordan talked a little, bit, a little bit about it last night. But I think what we can do is just make God so small in our lives. That for, on one side, for some of you, you may be thinking, well, hey, I'm not good enough. You know, I just can't do it. You know, I, I'm not as spiritual as that person. You know, I, no way I can't get up and, and speak in, in front of everybody, whatever, whatever. And then on another hand, it's like, this, this is more me. I can, I can speak well. You know, I can do that. I believe in myself. I can do it. I, I know I can go out and reach that person. I know, I know I can just do all these things. But in both of those scenarios, it's about you. Yeah. And if there's anything I want you to walk away with, in addition to, yeah, hey, accepting, accepting who God wants you to be, right? Yeah. Is that your life is not about you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, on the day, on the day that you got baptized, you said Jesus is Lord, you threw off your life being about you. You decided that you were going to take up your cross and deny yourself daily. So 
This is accepting your identity is really about accepting a humble position before God. You know, if you didn't take that time to confess last night, maybe you were tired or, or whatever. I don't know. Like, I would say get to that. That's one of the quickest ways you can make yourself humble before God is confessing that you're wrong, that something is wrong with you and that unless you have God, it won't be healed. And then, like like Jordan said, committing to growing with God. But I wrote down, I said, the bigger God becomes to you the smaller the obstacles become. Pride always makes God small in your life. And so when you come across Goliath, he will be big enough to make you cower in fear. But for the humble before God, those who accept the fact that they need a savior, and those who really trust in Jesus, when they come across the fears and insecurities and the, the impossible, they know that if, if God, if God be with me, then nothing can stand against. And so I would just say, literally, you know, we're going to repeat it over and over across the whole weekend. But, hey, humble yourself before God like that. That is number one. If you can do that, stop making God small in your life. Make him the biggest thing ever. And nothing will make you cower ever again. Um, there will be fear that will come up. Uh, there, there will be insecurity. But again, God will be bigger. And Kirstie's going to share a little bit yeah. about these fears and conceding to them. Yeah, I think I actually wanted to read uh, verses 8 through 11. Um, it says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine's words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. So I, I think I love that because that is one response. And then let's look at David's response in verse 32 when he heard that this is what um, Goliath was saying. Just verse 32, it says, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And I, I think it's crazy again because I feel like the Israelites should have, like, they are the Israelites. They yeah. are God's chosen people. Yeah. They have heard time and time again what God has done for his chosen people, and they were still scared. But then there's David, who's like, no, I actually believe that I am a, an Israelite. I believe that God is more powerful than this Philistine, and I am going to take him on, you know? And so I think we can, we can apply that to our lives in the same way. Like, we are children of God. Yeah. We are daughters and sons of God, and we can do this. We can fight these battles. We can fight these giants in our life, but you really have to believe that you've been chosen. And you really have to believe that you've been chosen because of who you are. Not once you become another person, not yeah. once you can do it like they can, but because of who you are today. Not that God doesn't want you to grow in these, you know, in the fruits of the Spirit, anything like that. I'm not, I'm not saying that to become more like Jesus, but like in general, we, we just we have to be sure of who we are in God. We have to be sure that we're 
we're his chosen people and that that's what matters. Um, I think examples that can come up in, in your ministry or it could be school, you can apply it to whatever, I just thought ministry. Um, I can't share my faith. I can't leave that Bible study. I can't disciple that girl. I can't overcome this sin. Like all the things that you're telling yourself, yourself you can't, guess what? You can because with God, anything is possible. So go do it. Stop believing that you can't do it because you're not like X, Y, or Z or you don't have this quality or you're not a Bible talk leader yet or you're not, yeah. you know, whatever. Like just go do it. Go share your faith. Yeah. Um, you have the Holy Spirit and you need to stop acting like you don't. David was indignant for God and we need to be indignant as well, especially when it comes to ourselves. Yeah. Especially when it comes to ourselves. I think it's easy to be indignant for other people when they're like, oh, I feel so insecure and I wish I were better. And then yeah. You can help them so easily, but the minute it's yourself, you're like, ugh, I'm the worst, you know? And yeah. it's like, no, be indignant for yourself. You're chosen. You're God's daughter. You're God's son. Just don't forget that. So yeah. I think that's what sticks out to me. Yeah. yeah Curse is shared a, you know, just a, a thought in there. We have the Holy Spirit. You know, really think about that. Okay, there's this, there's this God who created the heavens and earth. Right? He fits everything together. He is allowing us to breathe right now. I can speak to you right now. You can hear me. You're looking at me. I'm moving. You know what I mean? And I, and I, I have breath and life in my body because of this God. That he holds all things together. And the Bible says that his ways are much higher than our ways. So are his thoughts much higher than our thoughts? That he is so big. Uh, we were at this uh, leaders, re- leaders retreat a, a few months ago. And he was talking about how great the sun was. That if there was just a, a speck of the sun about like 17 million miles away or something, everybody would die here on earth or something. It, I, I, can't e- I can't even wrap my head around how awesome this creation is. Right? That I can look... Miles and miles away and still not see the rest of this world. That it is so much bigger than me. And that's how much bigger God is than me. But even bigger than that, like I am so little compared to him. You are so little compared to God. But he says, hey, I want to come and live inside you. I want to be a part of your life. I want to do great things with you. I, I, I want to go on an adventure. I, I want to show you that you can beat Goliath. I want to show you that you don't have to settle for sin. You don't have to settle for your past. You don't have to settle for everything that, that used to happen to you for, for all the, the abuse and the shame and the guilt and the hurt. I can pull you out of that. I have the power. And so if there's ever a moment where it seems like in your life that hey, you're not able to overcome these things, then what it is, it's not a scenario of you and God against that obstacle. But what's happening is if you're doubting yourself, it's really God against you. Because God is able to do it. It's really you standing in God's way. And the only difference between us and David in this story is that David fully moves out of God's way. He's like, by the hand of God, I will win. He will deliver you into my hands. Um, But now we're going to be talking about three ways that we can find our true identity. What I want you to take from today is remembering who you are. And so we have an acronym, 
A-R-E, R. Remember who you are. We're going to re- appreciate, remember, and examine. And Kirstie's going to talk about uh, what it is to appreciate, what it is that we're going to appreciate in our lives. I'm like super fired up. I don't know if I was like, this yeah. just gets me so excited. Like when I literally think about David, because I think again, like it's like the spiritual side. I'm like, oh, David, David, David. Like we're talking about how great he was, but this is the beginning of David. First Samuel 17 is the beginning of David where he was barely anything. Like this is his like first big thing and he yeah. was literally nothing. Um, and so I think, yeah, R is, sorry, R is appreciate. Um, my favorite parts is verse 15. It says, David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And then if we read verse 34 through 35. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Oh, sorry. Let's start actually in verse 33. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear come and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Um, and so I think David's mundane life prepared him for this job. Yeah. His mundane, tending to the sheep, going back and forth, running to the battle line, coming back, being the youngest brother, prepared him for the battle that he was about to face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what is really cool is that life right now can be preparing us for the things that we're going to face in the future. Yeah. Um, I think it's hard to really think that way. It, it really can be. Uh, But what you do day-to-day matters. How you think day-to-day matters. How you're training yourself to be more like Jesus day-to-day matters. Um, David knew how to face Goliath because he knew he had faced the bears and lions. So there's little things in your life right now that might feel really extreme. But guys, life can bring a lot. Like getting a bad grade really isn't the end of the world. Losing somebody feels like the end of the world. You know what I mean? Like there's huge, there's huge gaps in like what we can feel that feel really small that can help prepare us for things in life that might, that are way bigger and feel a lot more intense. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to get real. A few life situations that I wanted to throw at you guys. You can't be pure now, but you think magically when you get married, you're going to be able to be pure. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. If you can't figure it out now, I promise you it will not happen later. Just because all of a sudden now you're married and you don't have to worry about lustfully looking at somebody else or, you know, it, no, that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, you can't wait on a guy or girl now or something that you want so bad. What makes you think that you'll develop patience and contentment later? This is the time. This is the time now when it's really not something that is that intense. You know, people, are to- people get told every day that their kid has cancer, that their kid's going to die. How do, you, how do you be content with that? You, people get told every day they can't have kids. You know, they, people lose their spouses. How are you going to fight through that? The training now matters. Right. Prepare yourself now. Appreciate what God has done for you right now and how God is growing you right now. And you're going to do a lot better in the future. Um, these things don't naturally happen. You really do have to work at them. But I think that they're pretty basic. David never used the excuse of being a shepherd boy or being the youngest, but everybody else did. Even Saul. Saul was like, dude, you're the youngest. (laughs) You're not going to do this, you know? And he's like, you're not going to tell me what I can and can't do. I'm going to go and do it, you know? Um, David was grateful to be a shepherd. He was honored to fight for God no matter what others thought of him, no matter what the environment was, or no matter what what the outcome was going to be. He was confident, but, like, nobody else probably was. You know what I mean? But, like, he didn't care. He was like, I'm going to go and do it. Um... He never is using, or he is never seen becoming bitter or ineffective because of his discontentment. 
I know I would have been really discontent. Being a shepherd boy, while everybody else is off doing really great things, I think all I would have done every day is like, why am I moving these sheep around? Like, I don't know, yeah. that's what shepherd boys do. You know, they just, yeah. that's what they do. Um, but this discontentment ultimately comes from not being grateful and not being appreciative of who God has made you to be. So I think we really have to be grateful for who God has made us to be, where God has us right now. I think it's, a, it's really easy to be like, oh, I wish I was like, I wish I was here, or I wish I was already X, or I wish I was yeah. like Y. You know, it's so easy to want those things, but be okay with where you are now. Appreciate where God has you right now. Um, how are you doing with what God has given to you? Mm. With the roles and jobs that you have? Are you fighting to be excellent in them, or are you spending more energy wishing you were something else, or wishing you could do something else, or are you doing great at what God has given you to be? Uh, I think an example of this is, uh, again, I'm using ministry as an example, sorry, that's kind of where my mind was, but I think it's like, oh, you meet a sorority girl on campus, you're like, oh, I gotta go find a sister that's a sorority girl, you know, because you're like, no, 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 I can't do that, like, no, not me, you know, but be grateful that God has made you you, and that he can still use you in that situation, or like, oh my gosh, this soccer girl is really interested in the Bible, I gotta find someone that really loves soccer, like, sure, cool, make a connection, but don't think that you're not gonna be used because you don't play soccer, or you don't like soccer, you don't understand soccer, that, that's not how God, God works, you know what I mean, he's gonna use you but I think you have to you have to really be grateful and love who you are first that's how you're going to find your identity so yeah appreciate yeah just think about how insulted you you feel if you gave someone a million bucks and they say well I really could have used a million and one <laughs> you know what I mean uh, we have a lot in God even the fact that you're you're here right now at this retreat you know that's an amazing amazing thing you're, you're here you get to seek after God and his word. A lot of people don't, don't have this privilege. Um, and so, yeah, really appreciate where you are, where God has you. The next, next way we can find our true identity, remember who we are, is remember. If you look in verse 33 of 1 Samuel 17, Saul replied, hey, you are not able to go out and against this Philistine and fight him. Saul, Saul was the king. And he was, he's telling David... Like, nah, bro, like, you can't do this. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Now, how viral, how how viral do you think a video of a boy killing a lion would, would go? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, I don't know if you've ever seen a lion in person before, but I have. I was, thank God, on the other side of a cage when I saw it. But you just imagine yourself if you got dropped into a lion's pit. Like, what are the thoughts that go through your head? I'm sure it's not, oh, I'll just grab it by his hair and strike it on his head and seize it and kill it. And that, that's me. Like, I, I'd go ahead and be saying my prayers. Hey, Jesus, I can't wait to see you. you know, or hopefully, anyway, right? No, but amen, confidence in, in Christ. Um, but it's like, and, and I, I'm a grown man and I feel that way. This was a, a young boy, right? You think about this is 
impossible, or that's, that's kind of an impossible feat, that the fact that, you know, you would kill lions, you would kill bears. And so he's telling this to Saul, and after that, Saul's like, okay, lions, bears, okay, hey, you go ahead. The Lord, Lord be with you. And he, he gives him, he gives him uh, leeway to go out and to fight, fight against the, the Philistine. And so, just as a side note, David convinced Saul according to what God had done already in his life. And so, the first thing you need to remember is your, your victories. And why? Because it's going to, like Kersey said, prepare you uh, in the future. But also, it can have an impact on other people. It can turn people into believers, right? It can convince them, okay, hey, if God's done that for you, then maybe he can do that for me, right? Yeah. Um, and if, if you're thinking back over your life and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I have any victories, I, you know, I can't really think about any time that God brought me through something or he saved me from something, then I would just say, one, I'm concerned um, because the Bible tells me that God is with us and always working on our behalf. Um, but two, I would say look at the cross and look at your baptism, right? And how, how those two go together that Jesus went to the cross and died for each and every one of our sins. And he poured out his blood so that we might have a relationship with the Father. And he did what everybody thought was impossible. It was the one sacrifice that changed all of our eternities forever. If you've said Jesus is Lord, it's the only victory that you need to look back on that will be sufficient enough for you to go ahead and tackle every single Goliath from here on out. Um, because if God can do that, if he can raise a man from the dead, and he can save you from all of your sin, then what can't he do from here on out? Um, yeah, and I, and I just wrote down that, hey, I do understand that thinking about victories can be hard. Due to the stresses of this life, we usually think uh, more so in, in a negative uh, way because of what society's taught us, and we always want to figure out, okay, what went wrong today? But I, I challenge you with that, figuring out, okay, what, being positive, what has God done in my life? Um, yeah. So That's super to share anything. I, I love that. I feel like it's so easy to be so negative, um, yeah. but really trying to be positive, and I, I think it is so easy to go through our day and be like, this went wrong, and this went wrong, and it's like, we don't remember what went right, you know? Like, wow, why don't we remember what good things? Yeah. Um, yeah, my first thought about victories is, like, other than feeling like I became a disciple, like, what, I don't know, what are my victories? And so if that's how you feel, I want to challenge you to really dig deep. And if you can't find any today, let's open our eyes, like, today. Let's open our eyes tomorrow. Like, let's walk through life and, like J.J. was saying, like, see the moments that we have victories in day-to-day and help God help you to, re- ask God to help you reflect on the victories that you have had. Um, victories can be so sweet, but I do feel like sometimes they're really short-lived. Um, we, uh, you know, I think, but as I was thinking, I was like, okay, let me have one that's not spiritual. And some of my biggest victories, like the one that I look back on the most that I'm like, wow, I never thought I was going to get through it. So I got into nursing school. Victory number one. I survived nursing school. Victory number two. And I passed my impact. 
that is a victory that I've begged and cried and lost sleep over. And I mean, God really did help me get through that. And my brothers and sisters did. And I think that's a huge victory, you know, not just for God, but for myself. Like I got to do it with God. And um, I think on a spiritual level, I have fought and fought and fought to overcome being quick to listen and slow to speak. Like I'm very opposite and I'm not perfect in it, but I, I can say that it's something that I've really fought for. And I think like it, it took me a long time to think spiritually, like what is something that I feel like is a victory? And I, and I think because we're never going to be perfect, it's hard to think it's a victory. Yeah. But, like, anything that you do, like putting down your computer, putting down your phone, saying no to that, whatever, you know, like, that is a victory. Yeah. And, again, I think we really need to meditate on those things, and that's going to help you feel confident. It's going to help you feel like your identity is in God and you can move forward with him because you're not feeling like, oh, all I do is fail, you know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this will help us be confident to not lose heart and feel like we can actually conquer Goliath in our life. Yeah. Amen. Last point. The last way that I, that I wrote down that we can remember our true identity is examine. Uh, what are we going to examine? We're going to examine the Word of God and we're going to examine our lives. And, I mean, really, the E can be interchangeable. You can also put encourage. Right. Because we, we need the scriptures to encourage us to move forward. I couldn't end this lesson without talking about really getting into the word of God, that which is able to make us wise for salvation. Now, you might be thinking, OK, how does this relate to this this story in first Samuel 17 and the Goliath? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, but for. First, let me talk about Jesus for a second, right? In John 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And down in verse 14, it says, The Word has made His dwelling among us, has come in the flesh. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father in grace and truth. So, just a little bit of a theology lesson, one of the uh, key components of Jesus' divinity is that his life lined up with the scriptures. That everything that he did in his life was foretold, foreshadowed, and foreknew by God in his word. Jesus was the word. And what I see here in this story uh, in First Samuel 17 is not that David is sitting around reading scriptures and then he goes out and defeats Goliath, but that his life lined up with the stories from the Holy Scriptures. You know, he would have grown up reading the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Um, so he would have read about Moses. And how he led his people out of, out of Egypt. And if you guys know anything about the story of Moses, Moses was very scared, very afraid to, to face Pharaoh. But God said, hey, I'm going to be with you. And if you know about the story of Joshua, which also might have been uh, some scriptures that David would have read. God commands Joshua, do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Like, have I not commanded you? I am with you. And if, if there's anything that you can look at the great people of God, if there's anything you can pull away 
uh, from, you know, the life that they lived. It was that they were courageous. And so uh, while I don't see in this in this scripture or in this passage that David is necessarily sitting down and reading the scriptures, I do see a clear, uh, a clear lining up of his life in the word of God. And so that's what you want in your life. Because um, if. If not, if you're not watching your life and doctrine closely, as it says in 1 Timothy 4, then you're always going to be swayed on your identity. You're always going to get mixed up in what Satan, Satan is handing you, right? Because it's been happening since the beginning of creation. The moment it became about Eve and what she wanted and what she thought and her thoughts and not about what God had declared, the fall of man occurred. And so let it not be said about us. That we don't take the word of God seriously, but that we look in it every day because we know that we need it. Right. We're talking about being humble. Know that you need the scriptures. If there's any any way that you can get out of God's way. It would be by making his word your standard. I'm going to close out. with a psalm in Psalm 119 you get to see David's heart and this is a, a prayer to God about his word can't, can't leave that out right praying to God hey I need your word I love your word being very relational with him we must we must draw near to God if we're going to remember who we are, right? In verse 89, it says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure to this day for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. In my closing thought, you want to know who you are? Just look at that. God has saved you, and you are His. To God be the glory.